I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Welcome to the Dell Junior Download. It is yours truly, Kelly Earnhardt Miller. This is actually a little bit uh, different segment, the business of motorsports. This is something that I have I've wanted to do with you for a long time. Do business-related podcasts. Do business-related episodes. Open chats, right? Open yeah. chats about the business concerns of our industry, which there are many. I hope this um, series opens people up to the the broader, bigger picture. Welcome to the Bojangle Studio. It's another episode of the Business of Motorsports um, under the Dell Junior Download. Dell's out again, so it's my time to shine once more. I'm enjoying it. And my co-host, Mike Davis, we're here for part six. Can you believe this? No, this is so fun. I mean, I'm having fun with them. It doesn't feel like six episodes already. I know. It's wild. And the response is just been incredible it is um it's been fun so i'm excited about um today's guest our ally guest today is ashley burnett uh ashley is the promoter and owner of millbridge speedway which is a local track here in our area um and you know we're going to talk track promotion and um you know one of our episodes was on how do you um you know work with your driver on branding and representation we get to ask her the opposite how do you work with the parents Ah, (laughs) that's going to be a fun conversation but no i'm 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 really excited about it the business of local racetracks it can't be easy right i mean you see we i heard a production company made a television series about abandoned racetracks i don't know who that would have been but uh (laughs) you know you don't have abandoned racetracks without difficulties in the business of operations right and uh So this is a fascinating one for me. I, you came up with this idea. I thought it was fascinating from the moment you mentioned it. Ashley Burnett uh, is a someone from a racing family. I've never met her, but I've heard a lot about her, particularly from you guys, because you race out there at Millbridge. And, and one other thing I just, you know, occurred to me was when Dale and I had Hank Parker here at the table a few weeks ago, Hank Parker was talking about back in the day going and racing out at Millbridge. Yeah. So I'm like, whoa, Millbridge has been around that long. So this is a success story, Millbridge. Now, the Burnett's have not owned it this whole time. So uh, I'm just curious about how they keep this thing going. And by the way, Millbridge feels like it's caught this wave with all this next generation racers, one of which is your son. And I'm curious on how that's affected the business of this racetrack. Yeah, Millbridge has been around for a long time. Um, Ashley and her husband, Jeremy, have certainly brought it back to life over the last, uh, I don't know, 10, 12 years. Um, and, you know, I think when we, in, in, in another 10 to 12 years, when we're here in um, the Bushes and, and the Harvicks and Wyatt and so on and so forth in, in the NASCAR series, whatever they may do, we're going to hear about Millbridge then because this is where they're at, right? This is the roots. And it's not just the names you've heard of 
there are so many fantastic racers out there. So this next wave and generation of um, racers, wherever they may go, whether they go dirt car racing or asphalt racing or whatever it might be, Millbridge is going to be in their storylines for sure. A hundred percent. Listen, I hope out of this episode, people who frequent local racetracks, and I hope you're doing that. Like I know our listeners love their local racetracks. Dale and I went up to Lernersville just a week or so ago with the Kyle Larson sprint car race. Supporting the local racetracks is just—it's just imperative, right? Like, if you want these things to survive, you got to be putting uh, people in the stands. That's one thing. Two is I hope that the drivers get something out of this. Like, you know, if it's some sort of appreciation, you mentioned parents a little bit ago. You know, it just can't be easy. And I think Ashley's going to confirm a lot of that stuff. But I can't wait for us to ask questions. But like, just I hope that drivers, fans. Uh, other track owners listen they're they're all out there there's racetracks everywhere and i hope that we can glean some stuff from ashley on just maybe finding a new appreciation for what they do to just put on an event every single week yeah i think when i leave this episode i'll have a new appreciation because i see it from uh the racer side you know i see it as a participant there i see it as a fan there and a spectator there so i'm anxious to um, hear from her too and and get a different appreciation for it and a new appreciation as well so let's get to it let's let's bring in our ally guest ashley burnett hey girl come on in (laughs) welcome to the show don't be nervous it's all nice good. To meet you. I know. They, they, they said it's just Kelly. It's easy. It's easy. <laughs> this is the easiest part you'll have all week, I promise. Yeah. I hope so. Welcome to the table, Ashley. It's um, good to have you here for our sixth. This is our sixth episode of the Business of Motorsports. And Mike and I, this was my idea to uh, to talk about this subject and track promotion and everything. So we're excited to have you here. And so I'll let you... Um, I know a little bit about you and a lot about you. I'm going to get a new appreciation, though, I think, from yeah. your your point of view, because I have my point of view as a participant out at Millbridge. Yep. But um, Ashley is the promoter and owner of Millbridge Speedway, along with her husband, Jeremy. And um, so why racing? How, how did you get involved in racing? Tell us a little bit about the backstory there. Uh, well, I grew up in... Um the St. Louis area. Um, when I was born, I was born into racing. So I was at the racetrack every weekend um, with my dad. He raced, my uncle raced. Um, so every weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we were at the racetrack, uh, dirt tracks all around the Midwest. And um, we moved here to North Carolina. Um, my dad was an engine builder, so he wanted to pursue engine building here in North Carolina. And we kind of wanted to get my brother. He was pretty young at the time, but we got him involved in the legend cars and bandoleros. So it was kind of, um, we wanted to get in the middle of it. Um, so we moved, uh, I think I moved in the middle of my junior year of high school. And uh, we moved here and um, it's just racing i mean it's been there there. (laughs) yeah i mean it's been in my blood since i was born so yeah i was telling mike you you came to work and ended up working with um my daughter's grandfather terry ellidge your dad i think they worked together and um and your brother you can't skip over nick hoffman an accomplished dirt racer yep as well in the family so um so so what led to uh millbridge um well Funny story is when me and my dad, we were driving down 150 one day and I, there was a racetrack sign 
overgrown weeds. Um, it was closed at the time. I don't even know if there was a for sale sign or not. <laughs> but I looked at my dad. This was before Jeremy was even around. And I looked at dad and I said, we should buy a racetrack. We should buy that one. And he said, <laughs> Ashley, you are crazy. You know how much work that is? And I said, I'll do it. And he said, no. So we laughed about it. And it's weird that I remember that story because then it's probably five, 10 years down the road that um, Jeremy came around and um we got involved with Millbridge. It kind of just kind of fell in our lap, and um, it's been taken off ever since. Now, Jeremy's also, his background from a racing family, Jeremy's brother is Randall Burnett, who yeah. is Kyle Busch's crew chief. Yep. Um, yeah, they were asphalt. Well, they were more of an <laughs> asphalt late model racing family. Um, so my first couple of asphalt late model races were with them. So, um, but obviously I wanted to go back to my dirt race and I wasn't thrilled about the asphalt late model race. <laughs> I don't like waking up early and having to go to the racetrack. So <laughs> there you go. So I'm assuming that the, the track back in St. Louis was dirt, right? Yep. What was the name of that track? Uh, we did a lot of Belclaire Speedway and Belleville, okay. Illinois, uh, I-55, Peebly, Missouri. Okay. And then um, there was a track on Sunday that we went to called St. Charles, which is not there anymore. And that was in Missouri as well. Uh, but dad was really big into UMP modified. So we uh. would go everywhere. Um, we went anywhere, you know, Paducah, Red Hill. Um, so uh, wherever there was a race, we went. So, oh yeah, you were. And in the we deep all end. went together. Y'all were in the deep end. <laughs> yeah, you all were, of us. <laughs> that's right. Okay, so that's where the roots were sewn, right? Like yep. the, when you go, well, even if it was half joking, half serious, whatever it was, like, hey, look, we should buy a racetrack. At this point, and I don't know how old you are, but you're feeling like you could do this already. You've yeah. been at racetracks. You know what the ones that are that do it well, the ones yeah. that don't. You feel like you know that, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, when you grow up in the Midwest, you just, the racing is so much different than all yes. over the United is States, it? especially dirt racing. It is so different. How I so? know, and it, yeah, I know. Put just, it, explain that, because I feel uh, the same when we I go I go everywhere. Um, so I've, I've been everywhere, really. Um, just the the talent level and then the way that they take care of their racetracks. Um, you know, I grew up going to Eldora and Tri-City and Peevely and every one of them, they just take care of their facility. They roll a fast show. Um, the, the dirt is so much better. Um, <laughs> I know that sounds weird. To no, people it that, doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, the, the brown dirt is so much better than the red clay that we have here. So it produces better racing than what we have here with the red dirt. That's true. That makes that makes total sense. And by the way, this everything you just mentioned is the, are the parts that I'm fascinated about of like the concerns that a track owner must consider yeah. and and deal with that we don't even. We take for granted, frankly. It, yeah. We yeah. take for granted. So like an asphalt track, obviously, you just open the gates and go, you know, yeah. uh, with dirt. You know, there's so much that goes into it. And we've even discussed trying to get brown dirt over here, all the Midwest dirt. And it was just so far away and we would have to train it over. And it was yeah. like millions of dollars. <laughs> we, we became a bit educated on this uh, when we were doing Lost Speedways. Mm -hmm. And I think it was actually when, you know, Metrolina went back and forth from dirt to pavement. And it was all about the Carolina red clay and how it was a bit problematic and at least what some folks weren't used to. And so that is where you're right that that's yeah. a thing that you have to deal with here yeah it there's just there's no um you know when you watch eldora or anything you know the big tracks in in the midwest area the brown dirt just the dry slick and the good racing we you know the the red clay does not get dry slick it gets dusty mm. so it's like you have to work uh, the bigger cars you know uh, we were 
Uh, it was better for us to have smaller cars, so it didn't it didn't affect it as much. You know, we could get as much water as we needed in the track, but when there's big cars on the track, it's just impossible. I love this. You know, when we were at Pennsylvania at Learnersville a week or so ago, Wyatt, yeah. your, your son Wyatt was educating me on all <laughs> of, like the, the very thing you're talking about. I'm gonna, on you know putting water in the track that had just had a big rain and and all the implications that come with yeah. the big rain, right? Yeah. You yeah. know all too well yeah. about it. And we want to know about it more. But Wyatt is, by the way, doing the Lord's work when it's coming, educating us about racetracks. <laughs> He's trying to trying to spring them over to the dirt world. Yes, he is. <laughs> He's doing a good job. World. Yeah. Yeah. So let's take it back to, um, you know, deciding and, and how, you know, the track came together at Millbridge. I know that you raced and, and we raced around other tracks that are in the area, the go-kart tracks here. So so take us back to that and, and how that kind of came together. Uh, so we had uh, with the SKE cart group um we traveled all around with SKE and QRC at the time and Millbridge was one of our stops we were just a series um I think we had two or three classes the open class the intermediate class and then our box stock class and at the time the box stock class was just beginners it didn't matter your age we just mm -hmm. wanted carts so it was like I was racing Carson mm -hmm. at 20 something years old and she was what yeah nine oh, yeah yeah so it was like I've never raced before so they were like well we need a cart so we they threw yeah. me in a cart and then I ran all season long and it was it was funny because we were very competitive me and Carson you know, <laughs> together and even uh, with the age difference and everything yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we just we Millbridge was one of our stops and it was our favorite track and in the middle of our season they decided that the promoter didn't want to do it anymore and mm. it was going to be shut down until another promoter was found well without me even around Jeremy and two friends signed the lease and he came home and said I signed a lease on a racetrack today I said you did what feels like that's a conversation that <laughs> the husband and wife ought to have and he said yeah we signed a lease on Millbridge I said I'm not working at your racetrack I said I want nothing to do with that and he said okay and I said all right and uh, him and two friends got ready for their first race and the two friends said that's a lot of work, <laughs> you think? Uh, so I said, well, if they're not going to put in the work, it's going to just be us. So uh, we kind of made that it was just us. So they signed mm. everything over to Jeremy and I, and we basically, we had no equipment. We had no idea. My, my husband, he's not a farmer. <laughs> had no idea about tractors or graders. I mean, we grew up around dirt tracks, but hell we didn't know how to prep a racetrack and we just learned from the beginning i mean we <laughs> basically got thrown out there and we figured it out this sounds like a husband thing i can relate i yeah. do yeah. that you, same thing to my wife actually it I, sounds like some things i've heard before too yes yes this, yes this is familiar um yeah. god bless you all <laughs> it was a lot of learning um but i i wouldn't take back another day i mean it, it was um it, uh, it's a lot of learning um, when you go in there and have to learn what equipment you need and you, you don't have money when you, you know to buy a grader or a tractor or a water truck or it didn't come with a lot of things so we had to make what we could with what we had well expand on that let's see here what's the first thing when you uh, acquire a racetrack a dirt track let's be specific what's the number one thing you guys realized you needed 
well, I mean, the number one thing, you need a water truck. But okay. if you want to make it smooth, you need a grader. And then if you want to get the water in the dirt, you got to have a tiller on a tractor. And um, so it was like every year or every couple months, we would just throw all of our money back in just to get to where we're at. Um, and there was times where I remember walking up from the gate just crying because I'd go down and say, how many people are here? And there would be 90 people in there. And it's like, oh, I need 100 people to pay my bills like not uh-huh. you know you know so it was it was tough for the first couple of years I was like, I don't want to do this you know I I didn't care about the money situation I didn't want to lose money yeah. um but obviously nobody wants to work for nothing for who knows how long so it was a tough couple of probably the first two seasons of trying to trying to get acquired and get people to come and and at that time we still only had probably what five yeah. box stocks yeah. and the car I mean, count was 20 cars yeah let's that's what I was gonna say 25 40 cars now this is 2011 ish is that when you guys started leasing 2012 uh well or earlier yeah than that? yeah because well, i was we, just gonna ask like alongside i mean i remember you guys having different jobs and other jobs did you yeah. have to kind of keep that like what was yeah that like? at first yes yeah um jeremy is grateful that his um his father had left him with a, a telecommunications business mm-hmm. so we have the telecom business i was a massage therapist at the time so i was doing a lot of uh sports massage for a lot of the race teams um so i kept on with the massage stuff because i had to have a job um and i, I don't know it it i probably went five, six years of working different jobs and stuff before we're completely now both of us full-time at Millbridge, so. Wow, okay, so walk me through, I, I, I got so many questions, let me try to prioritize <laughs> these. First of all, d- making money in those f- early years, um, I'm assuming entry fees and gate. Yeah, where does am it come I wrong? From? Right. Is yeah, there, exactly. Am I missing Not, something? Well, entry fees, no, because no. um, I just give back everything that back, comes yeah. in. So if you pay me money, I pay it right back out to whatever comes in. Um, oh, in purse. purse. In purse money. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. Um, we didn't really have a lot of sponsors. I mean, Jimmy and Kyle at QRC and SKE were probably my first two sponsors, not necessarily big sponsors, but they were my sponsors. Um, but it, when you start out with something like that, every dime just goes right back to it. Mm-hmm. And thank god it did or i wouldn't be in the situation i am right now um but i think that's with any business you got to struggle before how many years do you really feel like that it's taken for you to get i mean i i have seen the transformation yeah um and the transformation for from the track and its appearance and what you guys have added from you know you talk about the sponsors and now we're lined on the back stretch with billboards and you've got events that are sponsored and each uh, series is sponsored and so on. So how long was that process? I think it, it where do probably, you feel like you're at in that process? It probably <laughs> took, I would think it took me probably three or four seasons to feel comfortable, not successful, but comfortable. And then um, I think about lately, I mean, uh, probably right around pre-COVID is when we really exploded or maybe during COVID uh, is kind of weird that most businesses kind of um, struggled during COVID and we skyrocket during COVID. Why so, do you think that was? Yeah, why? They just wanted to get out of the house. <laughs> and you stayed open? Yes. Kind Deliberately. <laughs> like, like. Absolutely. You I have had a, to. I had a business to it, run. It would have it, it would have killed you, right? I mean, it would have. Yes. You can't go that long. So, um, can we go into this now? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, when we, uh, when COVID came about, um, 
we stayed open for a little bit and they kept um the actual mayor had sent us a letter and said you cannot race during COVID. and i sent a lot of things back saying well i have this much land how many people per acre can i have well nobody could give me that answer <laughs> i said so you can go into a restaurant and they can have 100 people with this much square footage and nobody could give me an answer on that i said okay so we at first stayed open for a little bit and then i got a little nervous because i was like it's government they can do whatever they wanted to my business i don't want to be closed forever so we closed for one month we figured out that if we did three track rentals a day for a month we could pay all of our bills and get through because at the time we didn't know how long covid was going to last we thought it'd be a couple months and so we said three track rentals a day and we started the very first day of covid um track rentals three a day nine in the morning testing nine in the morning 1 p.m and 6 p.m and went three a day for an entire month just to stay open and pay our bills now she's resourceful when we came back um when we came back we said okay we're gonna have these races but when you drive by you can see millbridge you can see the whole pit area so i said it's all just what they see so let's let so many people in. We'll make sure that each trailer is so far feet <laughs> apart from each other and not let anybody conjugate anywhere. So I put the little stickers on the ground, like yeah, stay back. Yeah. Um, and, and I did everything that any business did to stay open. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we did was before COVID, we were one day. We raced Wednesday and then we raced Saturday. Well, during COVID, we were like, okay, let's do the kids on Tuesday and then the adults on Wednesday. That way it's less people in the pits. It looks better. So we did that. And when we, that was the best thing we've ever done. Awesome. Because it went from Tuesday, Wednesday to now, there's no way I could go back to just one day. (laughs) Uh, Tuesday, I had 96 kids under the age of 13. And that's a, that's a regular for Tuesday. four divisions. Four divisions. Yes, yeah, four divisions. And then Wednesday last night we just um, we had five divisions, and I think we were at sixty to seventy with the micro sprints or a bigger trailer. So I, there was no way I could go back to just one day. Wow, that's it's, amazing. It's crazy what COVID did for for different reasons. Right, right. right. Good and bad. Right, right. Like this is a example of some good. I, this is fascinating. Do you guys mind? doing kind of a sweep through the classes so we can kind of like frame that up like because yeah. i know box box stocks yeah. are the beginning class right well no 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 uh, <laughs> it used to be okay uh it used to be to where we just had the open intermediate and box stock well we found that we couldn't throw all these kids in one class uh so we started a beginner box stock and had that for a while and then we found that it started getting a little too big so we opened up a cadet which cadet is basically just teaching them how to hit the gas knowing Mm. the flags hit the gas know when to start pass that's it um and then they move up to beginner box stock um so cadet would be five six seven years old um basically just getting in a cart they usually start out at five uh and then you move to beginner box stock which will go up to nine 
and then you move up to box stock. In box stock, every class, there's 25, 30 of them every week. Um, and then after, we just started a new class called Junior Wing, which is just like the box stocks. Most of the box stock kids run Junior Wing as well, but it's a, a, a little faster motor. So just to kind of prepare them to move on to whatever they would. Um, that's on the Tuesday side. The Wednesday side, we started the micro sprints a couple years ago, uh, wing and non-wing micro sprints. Okay. Uh, we do a restricted micro sprint. And then we also have our intermediate division, which is our 250, 125 division, which is what we had. For, it's an OG class. We've had it from the beginning. An OG so class, when she talks it. about the box stock and cadets and all, those are outlaw carts. So that is this SKE yep. that she's speaking of, QRC, which is what Jimmy owns. Um, these are the carts that uh, it's basically a goat cart with like a frame, sprint car frame and wing. Yeah. So we type. like when when we first started, we had go karts, just flat carts for a while. And it was a good revenue. You know, there was a good group that came through with it. Um, I just did not like them kids in a go kart with nothing <laughs> over their heads. I didn't like it. And when they'd go flipping, they'd flip out of it. Um, so we, I said no more. So we got mm. rid of all that. Um, we do have a series that comes that's go karts, but it's all adults. Um, if a kid is on the racetrack, I want them full containment seat, seat belts, everything. So they have she everything. She has a fantastic goat car series, the D&Q series, which runs. <laughs> yes. And it's, it's, it's very popular. There's another yeah. hundred. They'll run on Wednesday nights when we're not running our normal stuff. And they'll get about a hundred in, in five classes. Yeah. They'll get a hundred entries. Wow. Okay. So that is, that's a lot. Thank you for doing that. Because honestly, that's something that I think if, you know, if there's anybody like myself, I just, you, th there's so many different classifications yeah. and everybody's doing this stuff. So, so going back to the COVID year, you were able to separate the days, separate some classes, and that ended up being a good business yeah. opportunity for you that you guys stuck with. Yeah. Experience the thrill of the racetrack like you're in the driver's seat with DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet on your favorite racers and feel the rush of every pass, pit stop, and victory like never before. Right now, new customers can turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Bet 5 on anything to score big, no matter what goes down on the track. The stakes are high as the round of eight kicks off this week in Las Vegas for the Cup Series, and a win here for a playoff driver locks you into the Final Four. And with so much on the line, you need to tune in to Dirty Mo Doe as they handicap the field and recommend bets to watch. With props, parlays, and more, there'll be action to follow all race long. The racing action doesn't stop till the checkered flag drops. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and join with code DALE. New customers can bet $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. That's Code Dale, only on DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. For state-specific disclaimers, check the show notes. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash autoracing for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
Talk about Ashley, you know, just running the racetrack, right? So employees, volunteers, what happens during the week? What do race nights look like? Um, you know, sponsorship. I mean, there's just so much to it. Yeah. That I think well, the average person doesn't understand. When when Jeremy and I started to do this and really got really got involved in this, we said if we're gonna do it, it's gonna be me and you. That's it. You know, I when you get too many hands on it, there's problems. Um, so we said from the beginning, it's me and you. That's it. Um, we just recently, maybe this year, hired a maintenance person <laughs> that just picks up trash and cleans the grandstands. But other than that, you'll find me cleaning bathrooms after the races. You'll find me at the payout window. You'll find me at the sign-in window. You'll hear me on the receiver. Jeremy does the scoring. So on a normal race day, he'll go do the track. I'll do everything to set up to get ready for the races. And we'll have about probably 15 employees on a race day that'll come in right about race time, work, and go right home. And then I do everything after that. And what do they do? Uh, they'll be, you know, I have concession stand and gate okay. people and um, just normal the officials. Track, workers, and yeah. track like officials? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But you'll every, see her family involved in that. Part yeah. Of it yeah. Dad will be in the infield with mom racers, mom. dad racers, you know, yeah, depending every, on yeah. what's going on. She doesn't let any of us officiate, but no, we can help. We can help make <laughs> hot dogs. Oh, that's that's. You sure, you don't want parents of the racers helping you officiate races? I mean, that seems like such they, a great idea. They already do. <laughs> they already do. In their own mind, they're officiating. Okay, nonstop. Let's, yes, they are. Let's talk about that. Uh, like, let's how, not. <laughs> no, wait, I want to know. I need to know. How do you, um, with all of those things that you're having to basically run it right mm -hmm. you know all those things you're talking about and even when your employees are there you're still they gotta they got someone they gotta report to and you're the one running this whole operation 100 percent. what are the unexpected things and i'm thinking like because i'm a, i'm a parent of yeah. a of a kid that plays soccer and I mean, okay. soccer parents are notorious for being ass <laughs> right yeah. i mean like so okay. racing parents are too okay so like the, the, what are some of the no what are some of the unexpected things and if parents you know arguing with an official or something like that what, what are some of the unexpected things that happen that you have to deal with uh, it's it's every night but it's gotten a lot better um because um kelly can you just speak i, I just um they um they know that they're not going to get anywhere with me yes so you it's, run it with an iron fist yeah so they don't they, they don't even come to the tower anymore it got oh. so bad to where every race day i'd almost have to lock the door because <laughs> they'd come in the tower or they knock on the window or you know while i'm trying to work and i have to focus on what's happening on the racetrack i'm a very important piece of the race the track. whole thing so you know like i'm on the receiver which is a one-way communication to the drivers so if there's a wreck i have to be watching that racetrack to tell them there's a wreck, slow down, yellow, whatever, especially if kids are out there. Um, I take that to heart, you know, like if, if the, it, I, they're all on my shoulders. Um, so if you're knocking on the window or coming in, you know, I, I hear you and I got to focus on the racetrack. So we got to where when they'd come up there, we'd scream at each other back and forth and they don't get anywhere. I mean, yeah nothing happens from nothing, nothing happens. yeah nothing so change, yeah they've all realized that you might as well not even try. Waste your time <laughs> don't even <laughs> but you got to be that way yeah you yeah. do have to be that way and the beauty of it and i hear this going around to other racetracks the beauty of it is that you know 
every a lot of tracks are compared to Millbridge, and Millbridge has an outstanding reputation for that, for fairness. I mean, people can call her a lot of names, and I've heard a lot of names of people call her because they didn't get their way. But she runs a fair. It doesn't matter who you are, what you are, where you are. She runs a fair show. She runs a fast show. You get it done. We get in and out. And you're, I mean, you're happy. Maybe you're not happy with the particular instance or whatever. But in general, you're happy because you know everybody's treated the same. And that's all you can ask for. Because right. you can go to a lot of racetracks where you know there's favoritism. You know this person yep. gets away for that with that or whatever. The, her rules are her rules. If she says it's 30 seconds in the hot pits, it's 30 seconds. It's not 31. Whatever she says, yep. it's the way it rolls. So... You know, and you know it going in. That's the other thing. A lot of tracks, we've been it, to racetracks where you don't know the expectations. Yeah. You know the expectations when you head to Millbridge. It's hard with us because our location, we have so many NASCAR routes. <laughs> and it's so hard because Joe Blow will come in and say that I'm, we'll take Brexton Bush, for example. I favor Brexton Bush. Okay. Oh, somebody Whatever. will accuse you of yes. that. But then... Uh, Kyle will say that I'm picking on them because he's Brexton Bush. Uh. So it's like, I don't win. Uh, so uh, so it's, it's funny because people say that, and I'm like, my brother ran an open one time, and I've parked my brother before. I oh mean, my black five, get off the racetrack. I don't, I, I don't care. I, I, I have rules. I stick by them. Um, I had somebody the other day that was, I don't even know what they were yelling at me about. And I said, is it in the rule book? And they said, yes. And I said, okay. <laughs> I just walked away. I, 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 you don't get anywhere. So it's gotten a lot. It, I'm no different than a coach. I, I'm no different than a student teacher. I, n no different than anything, you know? Um, so it's, it just comes with the job really. I, I've, realize that after so many years that people are going to hate me um sorry they're going to come back next week um so it, it you know i'm sorry <laughs> this is fantastic fascinating um do you kelly suggested that you hear some of the things that people call you is that true like do people call you names like do you hear that so then my question to you is how do you not want to go rip someone's head off I mean, I want to rip somebody's head off every day. <laughs> so you, 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 you show so much self-control in those situations. I didn't used to. She's grown a lot in that. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. 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 I've come a long way. I can say I've come a long way in those situations. I think that's just something that happens when you're owning a business and you realize yeah. that there's a bigger picture than just that one situation. Right. right. I mean, I, I think part the of biggest it. problem is social media. Yeah. How so? You well, I deleted my Facebook. You had to because you didn't want to see the yeah, comments. Yeah, I have Facebook to where people can message me, but I will not go through and scroll because it. I I would get I would get in bed at the end of the night at the end of the race night and scroll through, and somebody would post on there about a call that was made or something, and that would eat at me. Uh, not only the adults are different, but it would eat at me that they would say that I ruined a kid's race or mm. I did, and it, it, it ate at me for a while. And I said, you know what, I. I, I'm done with that. So um, I don't read it anymore. What Kelly said, though, when she says that Millbridge has a reputation of being fair, do you understand that? Do you notice that, hear it, all those things? Yeah. Good. Yeah. I, yeah, I've come a long way, so, and I'm proud of what, we've, what we were um, all the way to what we are now. Um, but it, it's been a long, grueling road. Mm. Um, there's been a lot of times where I'd just go home and cry, or I'd go home and say, 
all right, who wants to buy this place? Like, I, that's it. And um, luckily, I just, that lasted about 10 minutes. And then I was back <laughs> to doing something else. So it, it's rough. I think you have a good support system and your family. And, and what I've seen as it has grown is that you're in charge and you you run the business. And then there's Jeremy who people can feed off and back. And, like, he can feed you information. Like, he's a good head just to, like, share something with, yeah. right? And then you've got – and I think you have to have that. It's no different than in this business, right? You've got to be the boss and, you know, handle everything fair and the way it needs to be. And then – you know, they can all go and talk amongst themselves and it'll feed back a little bit here and there or whatever. Yeah, so it's <laughs> kind of like he does a lot of the a lot of the tech stuff, the racetrack stuff. Um, he'll randomly decide he want he figures out the big shows. We all have our jobs. Like yeah. I don't touch his job and he doesn't touch my job. <laughs> but then we anytime that there's something big going on, we get together and talk about it, other than owning a racetrack that was not discussed didn't discuss that one did you (laughs) i think he learned after that that maybe i need to start discussing with her (laughs) yeah right so what about the um um experience you know what what kind of focus do you put on the experience for the racers and then i also want that perspective from the fans um and events and things like that that you do because she does a lot of great fun stuff for yeah uh well i'm if i had time i would love every single race to be something special um i just don't have the manpower the time to do something um but i always want somebody to come there whether it's their first time or whatever i just want them to enjoy you know we're a big family environment my mom runs the concession stand my dad's in the infield my brother will be there helping um i'm up on the receiver and jeremy is right next to me at the computer running all the scoring um so i just want when i walk through there i want people to remember the racetrack just like I did, you know, I've remembered hanging out at all of my Midwest dirt tracks. So I want them to have a, an experience with their family. Um, that's the big thing. Um, everybody tells me, why, why don't you sell alcohol? You can make so much money selling <laughs> beer. Well, I don't want to. You can bring beer and enjoy by yourself, um, but I'm not, I, I want to stick with being a family environment. And I want to always stay that way. Your identity is the best thing you got and the, yeah. the, the thing that's most worth protecting. Yeah. Right? Without considering uh, revenue or anything, like how much does it cost just to run an event, a, a race? Like it, what, what is in ballpark? You know, yeah, it depends. It, it all depends on payout, really, um, how much you're going to pay a purse. Um, because when we uh, – Jeremy has a spreadsheet that if he wants to do – he comes up with these off-the-wall – ideas which is great but he'll say uh i want to do this race but you got to find a thirty thousand dollar sponsor <laughs> again feels very familiar for a husband suggestion right. that right uh, well that's not easy <laughs> um and then you got to look into if a series comes in you have to pay sanctioning we do the extreme um midget tour and when they come in with the extreme series um you got to pay a sanctioning fee. So there's a lot of variables that go into that. If I want to do a big race, uh, like we're going to, we're having our first uh, big open race, which is the 500s. We haven't had the 500 CC opens and 450s in a while, except for a series that come in. Uh, we haven't had a big show and everybody's been pushing us to do a big show. Um, I got a $3,000 sponsor and that's 
that's what it was. So it just depends if we're doing a weekly show, you know, a couple thousand dollars is what we need. Uh, but like our big show that we do, uh, we do right that leads up to the world finals. Um, you know, sometimes they're they could be twenty to thirty thousand dollars for everything with purse and um, you know you have to rent light towers and porta johns and have more employees and more food and so um, it, it just depends on what what how big of the show you're doing. Owning, I mean, there's there's tracks everywhere, right? They're in the middle of whatever, wherever, however, and so. Um, you know, I would imagine that you have neighbors that, you know, complain from time to time. Um, and then you have neighbors. I know that you have neighbors that are really happy come, to have a yeah. restaurant there and that come to watch. Um, but what is that like, you know, just in terms of how you operate? Because Millbridge has been there for a really long time. I know that you probably have aspirations of growth and, and all of those kinds of things. So what does it look like for you? And I'm sure other tracks, you know, have the same thing. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. We, I mean, well, we were very fortunate. We went forever without having any problems. Um, we started the micro sprints. We're a little louder than the 500s, which I don't understand because they're not as, I mean, the 500s were still noisy. Yeah. Um, probably not as noisy, but we're just so busy now and there's so many cars that, and then they, uh, they built a neighborhood about a mile down the, down the street and everybody came together, <laughs> um, and said, we got to get this racetrack shut down. What? Yes. Well, uh, years ago before we had the racetrack when I told my dad we were going to try it years ago. Uh, <laughs> it was shut down because there was a, a they were going through a court case on trying to keep the track open and the way court cases worked to where uh, to make up for that lost revenue that the owner had within that court case I think it was like two years they uh, gave him a grandfather so you have a grandfather you have no curfew you have no noise ordinance you have nothing and it sticks with that racetrack as long as it stays that race exactly right? what it was yeah exactly what it is at the time yes yeah so, so like a oh, grandfather okay. clause so yeah. we have a grandfather so when we took it over we still have the grandfather so the neighbors got mad because they wanted to shut it down for noise and they said we we can't touch it like they have a grandfather we can't touch it well how about curfew they don't have a curfew which we don't you can attest for this we uh, 10 30 yeah, max. Yeah, max i mean i make sure everybody's yeah. out of there um so we have been in this big hoopla with the neighbors <laughs> of trying to figure out a resolution well there's never going to be a resolution because their resolution is shut yeah. it down yeah and that's yeah. not going to happen it's not going to happen um so the resolution with the neighbors was um mufflers on the micro sprints which is not something you can do overnight you know there's a lot of testing that goes into that and when we do find a muffler you have to make sure there's a hundred of them in stock ready to go because that's how many teams we have um so we're working on that they want us to be done at 10 o'clock um which the curfew in Rowan County is 11, and they gave us a curfew of 10, um, which we've been doing really well. Um, we've been almost every night right at 10 o'clock. Um, and then um, they're just, you know, like they wanted our tech shed down because we didn't get proper permits. So we took it down. And then grandstands took it down. Um, so we did everything that everybody told us. Um, we leased property next door to park big rigs for big races. And the county said, nope, you can't do that, and took it away from us. Mm. Um, so we're very confined in a very yeah. small area, um, but we made it work. Yeah, we're making um, it work. I just can't have anything real big right now. Wow. Yeah. That seems like a hassle, <laughs> especially yeah. if you predate the neighborhoods. Like if, yeah. if the track predates, I mean, I'm assuming that's the, 
this the point of the grandfather clause i mean like um you know but still it's like you're right this feels like almost every local racetrack's yes. fight right yes. it does i mean because i know that when you know dale was so emphatic about trying to get the fairgrounds in nashville yeah. back that's yep. the big thing yep. that marcus is Absolutely. fighting and he's building walls and building all these things just to help pacify you know an entire community and um yeah so and it, it it's sad to me because I want the neighbors to be proud to live there and mm. come see what we've built and come see the kids and the excitement on the kids' face. And it's like, you know, when I have 98 kids off the street getting involved in racing and you want to shut that down, you know, it's upsetting. And it's like, come see what we're doing. Um, we'll work together on the noise or whatever you want to work together on. But don't take this away from these families. I mean, Kelly, yeah. how long have you been with me? Yeah, I mean, before since, Millbridge, well, so. Carson's 23, and that was nine, so a long wow. time. Wow, yeah. And, and, and had, my family's raced at Millbridge prior to that, you know, my I, brother, and yeah. So. I had I had Carson, I've had Kennedy, and All and three I of my Wyatt. kids have ran there. So, and, and she's not the only one, you know, right. I have ones yeah. that I've I've had that are now on to bigger things, and um, I just wish that they, you know, you can come to Millbridge and sit right next to uh, Kelly, you can sit next to um, Kyle Bush. You can Kyle Clint Larson. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And they're just and and what I want is I want those people to be able to come sit in the grandstands, enjoy being there with their family. No one really bothers them. Nope. They might get an autograph or picture or two, but there's not a big uproar when they're there. They're We're just, doing the same thing that you're doing same, at the soccer game, right? They're the you know? same person. <laughs> right. We're there else. to enjoy and that, the sport. And that's what I've always I've always told my employees that we don't bother them. They're there. They pay at the gate just like everyone else, and they sit in the grandstands with their kid and enjoy racing. That's all I want. That's all. You I should want. have that deal with them. You won't bother them if they don't bother you. <laughs> yeah, don't bother me. <laughs> For every one of them that comes in. <laughs> I, I actually wanted to ask you both that question about. It feels like to me that that there's a new uh, brand lift with Millbridge based off of the fact that the Bushes are racing out there, and you know Wyatt Miller is out there, you know, um, the grandson of the great Dale Earnhardt. And then you've got the Larson kid and the Boyer kid. And it's like, we all feel like we're looking at the next generation of, you know, NASCAR Cup stars, right? Yeah. And hopefully. Is that, in fact, true that this has been a lift for Millbridge? And also, do you see that impact in the in the books? Yeah, well, um, I, I'm still not where I want to be as far as fans yet um i don't know if we're just still just a little quiet you know i i just want to be that quiet racetrack that everybody goes <laughs> and has fun like i don't want thousands of people obviously um but you don't want a spectacle or a circus absolutely um but i also um the kids now but i also had kids before that that are off to it's just amazing the things that they're doing as well and not only the kids that are racing on tuesday um wednesday the toyota and chevy have a deal with micro sprints that um they get their chevy drivers and their toyota drivers and micro sprints on wednesday nights just that reaction time in the micro sprints really help, and they found that. So, like last night, Daniel Suarez was in a car, and um, it just you know um, 
not only the little kids, but the you can come on any day <laughs> and, and see the you know <laughs> any of them. You know, um, Jesse Love, very um, um, prominent in the ARCA, he's there every week. Um, so you can it. It doesn't matter what day you come. I mean, uh, and then the D&Q karting series, uh-huh. like we were talking, half of them people are just crew guys. Well, just- that's what I was going to say, too, is like, I think, you know, and I don't even know, did we always race on Tuesdays when you started? I can't, I can't Wednesday. really remember. We were Wednesdays, Wednesdays, right, Wednesdays. And, um, but it's been a ground where the NASCAR community, the motorsports community around here can take their kid to race because they're obviously going on the weekends, right? And and you would never get that opportunity. So it's, you you have the driver kids who have the names and, and all of that, but there's pit crew people. There's, there's you know, people that work at Stuart Haas. There's, I mean, you walk around there, you see a NASCAR community there. Yes. And then, which that gives the opportunity for those that are not in the NASCAR community that are, there's there's flat cart racers that come and run the outlaw carts, you know, um, the kids. Yeah. And it gives everyone that community to race against a competitive group yes. of people, right? Yes. So it's not just this one group or it's not that. This Having it all come together like that, I think, is really and awesome. It, it makes, I don't like for them to point out, oh, this is Kyle Bush's kid or, oh, this is... I got it. Yeah, and me Della. too. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't I like that. I hate that because, you know, when Wyatt's out there, there's seven other kids out there in the heat race or there's 20 other kids out there in the car. And yeah. I'd like for them to be able to find things to talk about all of them. Sure. Right. <laughs> and, that, and that's what I'm, I'm big on too. Like, I, I push on my announcers. Like, I have Steve Post. Yes. He's amazing. Oh, wow. And he'll know, you know, he may may talk about Wyatt Miller, Wyatt Miller, Wyatt Miller, but he also knows other things about kids that even, they don't even have a racing background. Yeah. Um, and he'll talk about every one of them. I want all of them to be stars. I don't care what their last name is. Take their first name, make them a star. That's all I care about. Well said. And it's, it's um, that's what Millbridge is. And, and racing against the people like the Bushes, Earnhardt's, and stuff like that, when they go anywhere, our kids can't, and I'm not just saying this because it's my, they no, can't they, be beat. Mm-mm. The, the talent level that I have right now and what, what I've I, – I just want to brand them into, like, just we send have, them off. We, ha- we have a brand. It's called the Millbridge Mafia. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we oh, go to right? the West. You know, when I'm gone the two weeks in August and we're out in the Midwest racing uh, various outlaw uh, races, and uh, we have one track that we go to and we have T-shirts with the Millbridge Mafia and all the kids – All the kids on the back. All of us on there. So this one lady makes T-shirts for the whole families, and, and they don't like to see us come. <laughs> no, no. And I fly, I'll fly out. Um, I, the last maybe three or four years I've flown out. And and I go and we um, this last time we had this big Millbridge family brunch and mm-hmm. we all ate at the racetrack together and we all pit together and they absolutely <laughs> hate us um, and we will win every I think we won almost every division every division that we were entered in and it doesn't matter where we go even when Wyatt goes anywhere in his in his micro sprint. I mean, like it, and, and I keep all, you know, I keep tabs on as much as I can with them. Um, even my bigger kids, you know, like uh, Ethan Mitchell, Little Bundy, he's in, in midgets. And Max McLaughlin, he's in modifieds. And, you know, I, I stay with them kids. Um, they're not kids anymore, but they were my <laughs> <Always> kids. <will> be. <laughs> uh, and, and I stay with them. And whatever they decide, I, I always tell them, whatever you guys decide you want to do, even if it's not racing, you just keep me, keep me there. Does why tell me a little bit about this when you guys go out and do those tours that uh, which you know mm-hmm. I love it I love hearing I love watching your videos by the way Kelly when you go out and y'all go do that Midwest run and that kind of thing but 
Do you experience a little bit of that treatment of oh, absolutely. Of I like mean, biases we we and, experience for a different reason. I mean, you know, being an Earnhardt or being a Bush or being the Larsons or whatever that looks like. Okay, but also from a Millbridge perspective, we experience it because I mean, we're we're we are looked at as a premier facility there, and the racers there are competitive. They're good. Um, Ashley runs a great show and you know you go to these other places and and it sometimes it's so-so or the, and when you're not a local people just don't, they don't like yeah that. they just don't they like, don't like that. you coming, they don't in, like you coming in and and you know on their territory I want to switch gears a minute and Let's talk about like streaming um I know that uh your races are streamed on dirt vision prior to that you had a, a streaming on speed 51 what is streaming has that helped you has that hurt you what does that look like for a local track I think it depends um that's a really big subject right now <laughs> um I I think it it all there's a lot of aspects you got to look at you know is it cold outside well yeah streaming might hurt the racetrack if it's cold outside and you want to sit at home on your couch and watch tv mm. um is there a chance of rain well i'll just sit and watch it on dirt vision instead of going out so i think it, it just depends if it's a beautiful sunny day you can't take away the action of being at the racetrack than watching on your tv so um I think that um, it was great for us. Uh, the move um, when I had I was really close with Bob Delner at Speed Fifty One, and he had helped me a lot um, from the very beginning. So when he stepped away from Speed Fifty One, there was no connection there, and I had to have a connection. I mean, and they're very important. Um, they're a very important piece of a racetrack. Um, they're displaying all of my product. Um, so when he stepped away, I kind of. It was really weird how it happened. Uh, Flow and Dirt Vision came to me at the same time, um, and I wasn't even looking. And they, they both came to me at the same time and pitched what they wanted to pitch to me, and it just made a good fit for Dirt Vision. They're right here in Concord. Um, I have three. They bring one producer and two cameramen every single race, mm. um, and it's a full-on production um, every race day. And that meant a lot to me that they would take to me, it's my little go-kart track and, and put it on a on a platform like Dirt Vision. You know, I grew up, you know, when we my brother race in all of World of Outlaw, you know, late models. And then um, a lot of times they do the stuff at Volusia when we were in the modified. So to be on that platform um, and to put these kids on the platform was really big for me. Uh, I was very happy to to kind of, you know, you'll sit and watch a World of Outlaw sprint car and there'll be a ticker at the bottom <laughs> that says that Millbridge is racing on Tuesday. Right. You know, that it, to me, that's just, I mean, that's, it's very important to have people like that behind yeah, you. I would assume that helps like in the sponsorship find and those kinds yeah. of things right to yeah and then we did the extreme um it was on uh CBS Sports Network um they they filmed it in May and then um replayed it and it, that was you know stuff like that you can't um the stuff that we've been presented with is is amazing is is this just how I would assume and that's just like a license with the racetrack uh when these uh streamers come around and they just want to pay for a license and is you know, or is, is, you know, like when we talk about the cars tour, um, the streaming is, is done with the series, yeah. right? It's yep. done with the, the, you know, the entity of cars tour. So like, I guess that's why I'm asking, you, is it, is it with the track? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. they'll just pay me for a yearly an to, annual to be there. An annual license. Yep. Right. And we do a deal with Dirt Vision as well. They put, uh, 
uh, Door Bumper Clear, one of our other podcasts on, which I'm, I'm eternally grateful for, for these types of opportunities. Yeah. 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 To be on that kind of platform, um, especially with uh, it's it's crazy. Um, I think my biggest thing with um, flow against Dirt Vision flow is amazing, too. I mean, obviously, I, I watch a lot of um, flow events as well with with late models and stuff. Um, but the best thing about um, Dirt Vision was there's only like eight tracks on the platform. So to be mm. one of eight and nine racetracks and they're all sprint car tracks. They're not a go-kart track. <laughs> um, so it's just amazing to be on a platform like that against all them, you know, big racetracks. Mm, okay. I, I'm curious if if I said, Ashley, I think I want to own a racetrack. Oh. I'm wondering if Ashley would talk me out of it yes. or, or talk it. me into it. <laughs> depends on what day it is. It depends on where it is, right? If it's right down the road from yours, no, you don't want yeah. me to do that. Yeah. No, let's... Uh, it's, it, I'm very grateful for everything. Um, I feel like if I uh, wasn't in the area that I'm in, I wouldn't have been as successful. Mm. Um, I've taken a lot of things from my racetracks that I've learned um, in the Midwest, and I've put that into my go-kart track. Um, You know, Tri-City Speedway, they're one of my – you know, I I look up to them and I take a lot from them and bring it over here, Eldora. Um, I still go there to watch my brother, you know, two, three times a year. Um, so when you go to the big tracks, a lot of promoters aren't race fans um, as far as like, I still go out when we're not racing. I'll block stuff off on my schedule. To, this is the dream weekend or this is the world weekend. And I go there and I sit in the grandstands. I don't go in the pits. I sit in the grandstands. I see what they're doing. And, oh, that's cool. Let's try that. Or um, that didn't work so good. Let's, you know, let's not try that. Um, but I think our area is what really, uh, and being Tuesday, Wednesday, like we had said, um, we race on Saturdays uh, just because it gives people that maybe are far away and mm-hmm. can't race on Tuesdays. Um, and our Saturdays were not that that big until recently it's blown up and it's just as big as a Tuesday, Wednesday. What happened? Why, why did it blow up? <laughs> Hell, I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> I really don't know. Um, it's just people, I get more people from out of town because they just want to be there on track. They want to say that they race there. So they'll, they'll travel on the weekend. And um, a lot of, a lot of the NASCAR people, maybe you'll keep somebody back to let, you know, their driver race, you know, on a Saturday. Um, and I make it two different series. So it's a Tuesday series, Saturday series. So like you can run for two, points you can run during for Tuesday, points. Wednesday versus Saturday. Separate. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think my location is what really blew me up and to, and to be a Tuesday, Wednesday, midweek. Um, when we first started, you know, all these big uh, sprint car races and late model races that are midweek, there wasn't a lot of that mm-hmm. when we first started. Mm. I mean, I I could only think of a handful of places that would even try a Tuesday or a Wednesday uh, event. Yeah, we toy and, with that just thinking through the Cars Tour is whether that works or doesn't work. Yeah, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. and it, so. it all depends on location and, and who you got racing with you. You know, we looked at it and said, look, we've got, and not only NASCAR people, you know, we've got people that run, you know, um, modifieds or um, any, you know, to be able to let them come run and that way dad can go race on the weekends. So um, it just, it location really helped us and in the group of people that, that I've had, you know, Kelly's been by my side since the beginning um, in the in the people that kind of push us to do more. How important has Millbridge been to the to the the racing careers of your kids? I mean, because I can't imagine now that we're talking about it, 
I can't imagine what, what, what well, how the trajectories kind of are different if if you don't have this track uh, close Well, by. it is different. And that's what I was thinking through as Ashley was speaking is that, um, you know, this is one, if not the only place that you can race in this area. There's another outlaw track down near the coast of North Carolina, um, but you have to travel. There's there's a lot of go-kart tracks, right? Mm. But um, not outlaw kart racing tracks. And um, so, so it, she's hit a niche um, for this community and a community of racers that really um, if you, you want your kid to race and do something, that they can do it there. Yeah. And um, I think that's definitely what's helped you. And um, like she said, when, you know, when Carson started racing, um, the outlaw carts were huge in California and West. Um, and then Kyle, I guess, got into it. I, I don't even know how, how long the SKE business, Kyle Beatty has been in business, but he does so many different things between legend cars and bandoleros and all kinds of stuff. And um so, you know, when it started, when Carson ran, there would be six or eight kids out there, but they were still NASCAR kids. You know, yeah. uh, Carson's group of kids that she ran with were Ford Clark, Martin, Clark, Clark yeah, Houston. Ford Martin, whose dad is Gil Martin from the Cup Series, Clark Houston, whose dad is Andy Houston. Um, and so, you know, it was NASCAR kids then, too. Um, Macy Sears, yeah. uh, her dad, Mike Sears, works in NASCAR. And um, so it was kind of the same community that, you know, wanted to, to do this. And it has just grown. You know, I, I, I have my own concerns about racing and, and asphalt racing and, and, you know, what's happening and what's going on. But then you go to Millbridge and you see, and I'm not kidding, 30 five- and six-year-olds in the Cadet Series. Yeah. And 30 beginners box stocks that are kids who are, you know, six, seven, eight, nine. And 30 nine- to 13-year-olds. And then the junior wing, I mean, it there were 17. Up. There's so many, you know, yeah. 17 to 20 of we them. We started the junior wing. Maybe Two years last, ago? Yeah, this is the yes. second year, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. And it's it took so long. And then yeah. within maybe two or three months now it's like we're almost at a b main we're yeah. right at a full field of 16 17 yeah. it's like whoa. and then you've got the micro sprints you know which have come into play and that's what wyatt races and and um the 600 cc micro sprints. Of yeah. them weekly yeah. so and then you know she has the the beauty of like she spoke of the chevrolet programs and the toyota programs of bringing their drivers out there for that extra experience you know between and you know i think that was kind of a josh wise thing right josh yeah. grew up in the dirt car world and he does the program for chevy and so that's kind of where that's came from but um you know there's a lot of opportunity out there to to uh and and you know we've laughed about it why it raced against kyle bush and we're doing sliders out there where can a 11 year old now and kyle bush do that together right, right? you know right. weekly and um yeah, <laughs> yeah. weekly yeah. yeah and have fun with it you know and and it's funny because you know kyle's a, a outstanding racer but he's not a great dirt racer you know yeah. and so it's fun that's i mean they're coming mm -hmm. out there to find a new skill like she said with reaction times and you know yeah, different things everything, like that you know millbridge is, is is relatively small um, compared to like a micro sprint track so you're in and we're really banked so you're all the way against the wall hammer down and the reaction time i mean there's 22 of you out on the racetrack at once mm. so you know when <laughs> you know so you can think about the reaction time that they're learning to be out there and and that kind of blew up when nascar decided to go to dirt we kind of blew wow. up of people coming to to test and yeah learn what are the track specs we should have done this at the beginning actually <laughs> but what, what, what well, how, how big we're is at a, i think it's like a it was between a seventh or eighth mile okay like it was it was flat when we first got it completely yeah. flat 
and we were like we're gonna put banking in it <laughs> so now completely bank all the way around and it's uh it's fast yeah it's fast. you're talking about those car counts how do you keep a quick schedule or a run because kelly mentioned that like that's it sounds like a bieber concert with all those kids like what are you talking <laughs> about it's not how do you keep the you need schedule to come moving? to the tower and sit one day i'm afraid to frankly uh i, I won't yell at you <laughs> <laughs> okay I'll, um, I'll be your bodyguard every, everybody knows my schedule i give i hand out a schedule at the end the beginning of the night and that schedule does not change does not change and when i say we're on track at 6 15 we are on track at six like you better be lined up at 6 10. <laughs> me and jeremy were like we'll be fighting if he's on the racetrack still packing the track say at 6 15 16 i'm out there doing this to him it's an equal it's opportunity six, ass ripping you it, don't discriminate yeah, on anybody even 15. your husband oh Good. absolutely <laughs> and uh it is 6 15 i should have cars on the racetrack they're right here let's go and he'll know that means gotta go and um but it, we um we start and we do not we stop for the national anthem that's the only thing i stop for and there is something on the racetrack every second from the time you get there from 6 15 and we are done by 9 30 10 o'clock but if you get one of those singers that take a long time to get to the anthem you're gonna rush them through that too right Absolutely. i mean yeah, you we just have alan jackson on record I alan jackson oh is that what we do <laughs> yes that's what we do yeah uh well okay so that's how you keep i mean because the the schedule listen when we were at learnersville i don't want to put them on blast or anything that we went to that high limits mm -hmm. thing but they were an hour and a half behind mm. And we were all kind of going, how did that happen? I, we were like, it happens. We don't, we don't know how it <laughs> yeah. happens, but it, you're right. It happens. Hey, it wasn't a month ago, and thank goodness we were at, not at this race over Labor Day weekend. They raced at 5 a.m. Why? And they started what? at like 6 o'clock. Wow. The, the division that Wyatt would have been in would have been racing at 1.30 a.m. Yeah. What, what happens? How does that happen? How, yeah, how does that happen? You're asking the wrong person because I've never it done it. It doesn't happen. <laughs> I've never done it. Track prep. Um, I mean... Maybe it's, not having enough people. I don't know. Literally, it just... it's hard to explain. Like at Millbridge, I have, you know, a lot of racetracks you go to, this guy will do this, this, and this. No, this guy works here. This guy works here. And that guy is only responsible for this. Mm. This guy's only responsible for this. So like they know, they the competitors know that when you're, when you're ready to race, if you're not there, you, you get left. Mm -hmm. I will leave them. I don't care if he's 5 or 30. You will get <laughs> left. And they know that. So we, you know, we call them up there. We roll on the racetrack, check the lineup. We're back green before we even come around. We don't make pace laps. Uh, the race receiver has helped a lot, the one-way communication. Um, anytime there's a caution, while they're cleaning up the caution, Jeremy and I are going through the lineup, getting them lined up. So when the caution's cleaned up, we're back green. Lineups take a long time at some racetracks. I bet. Yeah. So the race receiver she's speaking of, the kids or the competitors wear um, a one-way radio that only the tower can speak to them so they can tell them whatever they want to and getting in line, get behind this car, whatever. Some tracks don't have that. And they yeah. literally stop them on the racetrack and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Can you imagine doing that? That with five-year-olds like no, it, yeah no it's hard yeah. enough to probably talk to them yeah <laughs> and their parents would be worse yeah so get behind the orange I, car and and i think my my employees too my staff that work in the infield are i mean amazing um we have a system and yeah. it's just a system to where like the cadets we do stop them and line them up but they know when there's a caution the pace car goes out on the back straightaway and stops the cadets stop behind the pace car my guys line them up and like i said by the time we tow off a car or whatever needs to be done we go right back green right when they get to turn okay four. but okay but weather 
There is that. That happens. It happens. Yep. So we wh- have a plan. You have a time. weather plan. Yep. <laughs> Most of the time we can get it in. Jeremy's really, Jeremy's very smart. So he can tell me to the minute, like, I need 30 minutes, go tell them what's going on and tell them I need them in staging in 10 minutes. And people are looking at him going, there's no way. And I'm like, look, if he says be in staging in 10 minutes, we're going back on, on track, you better be ready. And sure enough, nine, 10 minutes, we're on the racetrack. Y'all do sound like an awesome team, frankly. We have, well, <laughs> you really it's, do. It's, it's, there's a, there's a big group of a te- our team, you know, um, even though some of them just come on race days. I mean, I mean, obviously we can't do, you know, the girls at the gate, I never have a line at the gate, you know, like everything concession stand we never have a line at the concession i mean everybody just has their job and they just all bust ass to get i mean they know how i run it and how i want it ran and that's you know i may be tough on them absolutely but they'll never make that mistake again (laughs) well and they the other thing is is that they they're loyal i mean it's it's the same faces um there yeah for the most part i mean you know maybe there's a new track worker here and there but it's the same faces at the gate it's the the same faces Concessions. It's the same faces doing the lineup and getting you out on the racetrack. And you know, and don't people even people like, want to complain about they being complain, tough but and at fair? The end of the but day, they love it. At the end so, of the day, don't you want it just to be treated fair? And it's like a it's and like, know what is expected and, and of know, you. And no, not yeah. Never be in a position of not knowing exactly. something. That's and the worst thing. The the biggest part of it is I think the hardest part of my position is. And you'll know this. I'm a female in motorsports. Not only am I a female, but I'm a superior. So I've had a lot of people that quit because they're like, she's not telling me what to do. <laughs> they well, don't know what I, to do with you. I'm your boss. So that's why. And, and a, lot of the, a, a lot of the parents and stuff, they don't know my background. So they think they know more than me, um, even though I've probably been to more racetracks or more races and more than they have. So it's really hard. And I'm very involved in racing. So I do all the lineups. I do all the calls. You know, I do do all of it. So I've gotten, you know, 14 years of making calls, scoring lineups. Um, You know, so I just, the people need to understand that I, I know what I'm talking about. You yeah. know, I grew up in a racing family. My dad built engines. My brother raced. Um, I've been around all these racetracks. I've seen what happens at racetracks. Um, you know, this isn't my first time at a racetrack. So it, it's hard to, to show them, you know, to get that respect that, well, she's yeah. no different. You know, I, I don't like throwing that female thing out there. You know, I'm a promoter. I'm not a female promoter. I'm just a promoter <laughs> like everyone else. So you're going to treat me like you would treat any other promoter. male promoter. Yeah. I'm just yeah. a promoter. Yeah, mm. It's and the other people that throw the whatever on you, yeah. the female or whatever they want to do. So what's the funnest, the absolute funnest thing that comes out of having Millbridge and throughout the year? Uh, kids night. Kids night. Yeah. Tell it's us fun. about it. Kids, kids Night, um, that's my race. Jeremy has all the races. Kids Night's my race. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even know. We had over 100 kids. Uh, yeah, we have a Kids Night in August, July or August. is kind of my back-to-school night. Um, I make programs with all the kids' pictures in it. They do autograph sessions. Um, I line every kid up and do a driver intros for every single kid. And that... <laughs> lining up that was long this year it was very long (laughs) 
And I even did two at a time. And Jeremy's like, how do we cut that down? I said, well, you're not getting rid know. of it. So don't even think about it. Um, but it was funny because we were standing there lining the kids up and I'm lining them up and Jeremy was sending them out and he's yelling my name and we go at it bad. I mean, there's been times where we live on property. There's times where we would get in fights and one of us would go to the house. I'm Because you can. It's, it's happened. right there, right? It's happened. It has happened. So he's yelling at me and I'm like, what? He said, I don't know who these kids are. You have to stand here so that you can send them out. I don't know whose kid is who. And I know, I, I, pretty much know just about every face name and car number because yep. mm. I sign every one of them in. Um, I think that's the best thing. Yep. I, I always, tonight she has scooters. I mean, she has all kinds of giveaways. Yep. Like, and and it's, it's, it's fun for the kids. Like they look forward to my race. You want me to so, tell you what she does for the moms? Let's hear it. The Easter Oh, the that, Easter no, we do that at Easter. <laughs> so she at Easter, she does like candy drops for the kids and all that kind of stuff and the eggs. But she does it for the moms, too. And you know what she drops? Miniature bottles. <laughs> Brilliant. Get them drunk before oh we start raising. It's actually idea. hilarious because the moms line up, you know, they and she gives fight. us all a go. Oh, it's hilarious. Man. It's fun. Yeah. But everybody awesome. has a good time. I, I try to incorporate. I want everybody to have fun. But I always say that as long, you know, somebody would say that they don't like me. And I said, well, your kid like me. Yeah. <laughs> so I they're care the only about. one they're trying to. Yeah, they're, they're the only as ones long as care. your kid likes me, I don't <sighs> care. But it, it is a hard job, but it's a job. It's mm. no different than being a manager at a store or or um or being a everywhere coach. you go people are involved right yeah people are the toughest thing to deal with sometimes yeah. and the best thing for your business at the same but time I, but i mean as long as them kids are enjoying it and they have they have i mean carson still comes out and i mean she's got a lifetime of memories at that racetrack and that's all i care about yep. so so what's next for millbridge like what, what what do you guys you know how, how long can we count on this i mean listen there's a lot of people listening to this right now they're like all right i'm definitely going right if they haven't been there already um, but like, uh, do you guys, uh, see, how long do you see yourself doing this? Even? I don't know. I didn't expect <laughs> to last this long. You didn't expect to last this long. Um, um I, I mean, I hope for as long as I can just keep going. Um, I think it all depends on, um, what happens with the, the county situation. Um, because I can only do so many, I mean, our weekly events are fine i don't have to do any big events but i really like doing national events i like seeing big guys come from all over the united states and and meet there we have fun we always do a concert and um we world finals week uh we have a race that leads up into it. Um, I think this year it's Monday, Tuesday, because then the world final starts on Wednesday. And we have a big party on Monday. And I feed everybody and alcohol and concerts and all free. And it's just fun to bring everybody together and um, celebrate what we did all year long. There is something else I, I forgot I wanted to ask you, okay? Okay. There's local racetracks all over the country right you know the, the the small race tracks they could do a number of different divisions late models street stocks whatever it is what is the what is the number one problem that they have that they have to overcome to be able to survive like what is it that the local race tracks have to be able to do to to thrive and succeed and and to be able to have not become one of these other lost tracks speedways. that shut lost yeah. speedways <laughs> right it it all comes down to schedule like time and like time management. I mean, there's been racetracks like the, around in this area that I will not go to because I know it's 3 a.m. by the time I get in my car. And they have four divisions with 50 cars. Uh. Um, and track prep, obviously, um, you know, with 
dirt is so much harder than asphalt. You know, people think that, oh, we'll just buy a dirt track, open up the gates. And there's a lot that goes into it. You know, it's got to be smooth. You got to put water in it. You know, if it's dusty, people aren't going to want to come. If it's rough, they'll tear their equipment up and they don't want to come. Um, but time management is the big thing, you know, um, in the fighting. You know, obviously, I've been around fighting. a lot of racetracks that and, and they know I – I do not put up with that. I, I don't think I've had any problems at all. Um, that's <laughs> I, I, I might know your last problem. Yeah, <laughs> probably not my last one. Wait a but second. Wait, 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 wait. Does he, he have she, initials in his name? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I LW, bet you're not. Uh, has been sat out of a uh, race. Before. Yes, he did. You had to ban him. He, a years I'm ago. sure he had it coming. Guess what? I've never heard a peep out of him after that. <laughs> I love it. I love Maybe it. Maybe that's what you need to do, Kelly. Just sit him out. Maybe so. Right. Go to the doghouse. No. Um, I love that. Time management is the big thing because it's like when a lot of people um, – maybe like that but if i come to a racetrack i want to be you know we want to we don't want to see a tractor or a water truck making laps you want to see race cars that's what mm. you paid to go so our big thing is you better make sure that track's ready to go because as soon as we roll you don't see anything you know but other than scraping walls and maybe packing the track for five minutes that's all you get you know these racetracks that want to go out and till it up and um you know put water on it and do this and do that it's like you know people don't want to sit there for an hour and wait, you know, to go race and they pay to watch race cars. It's customer so. satisfaction. Well, customer satisfaction 101, right? Yeah. Like in the schedule is the biggest thing that you think that really kind of we, can, can hamper always, that experience. Joe, what the big thing is too, we joke about my dad always yells at me. If I, if I have a break, he'll be like, Oh, I want to sell more hot dogs in the concession stand, which is true. Um, you do sell more and uh, you know, that's a big thing, but I would rather just people leave happy and get out and come back than sell a three dollar mm. hot dog. Well, I mean, ultimately, they don't come for the hot dog. Exactly. So I it's nice. It's nice out. to have. It is nice uh, to have. So that's that's um, time management is a big thing. Yeah. You know, you don't. Yeah, and in this day and age, there's so many things for people to do, and attention spans are shorter. Yeah. You know, and I think that yeah, you have to you had to run a good succinct show. I mean, we open the gates at four thirty five o'clock, uh, depending on the day, and by you know ten ten fifteen, you're loading up your trailer. Yeah, to go home. Going back to something you said, how do you prevent fights, and how do you prevent your husband from being in them? <laughs> how do y'all both prevent fights? Uh, well, I think I'm the reason why we don't fight anymore. Because what? Because what I you would do? just get in the middle of it. And it, you don't come back. They you don't know come back. you do not come back. Hmm. If you throw a punch, you would not come back. And they and forever? I've forever, and I've stuck by that. Oh, so there's some lifetime bans. And I yes. think when you're talking fighting, you're talking whether it's words or physical fights, right? There's words not, are words. I've not seen a ton of physical fights at Millbridge. No, but I've, had I've seen a, couple, a lot of word fighting. <laughs> yeah. It seems like it comes with racing, and right? I, it yeah, does come that. with racing, and it comes. I mean, you know, you talk about it yourself being a soccer parent. I mean, parents get passionate about their kid they want to protect their kid mm -hmm. you know they want to protect them from other people but or you see you know a lot of times what i think it you see another parent saying something to your kid or yeah. or you know about your kid on the racetrack and then you as a parent are like gonna get go take care of that it. parent yeah you know and then you get in the middle of it and then you make it bigger than it is and um you know she doesn't it's it's a zero tolerance and I think before, if you engaged in it, it makes it worse, right? Yeah. And so, so now it's like, just no. 
Yeah. I for a while I was hiring a um a police officer yeah. to stand right at the scales. So as soon as they exit, th- there was no there was nothing. Like cuz yeah. by the time you get back to your Even trailer started you're over words. it, right? So it's just the heat of the moment exiting the racetrack. Once you get back to your trailer, most of the time Right. you're over it yeah um so that that helped for a while and then it was like we weren't having anything we're just all a family and i tell them that like i'll have drivers meetings where i'll send the kids on and keep the parents and i'll be like <laughs> look guys you know i did not build this racetrack around this and you know knock it off or you'll just stay home and i yeah, yeah, yeah i think it's i mean i think it's been home. cured for a while to yeah. be fair to lw he didn't get in a fight to get he that did not get in a fight right? he got I, a word fight a word fight right <laughs> hey, with the wrong person <laughs> Yes. (laughs) Yes. Got it. (laughs) Yes. In the tower, which it happens. I mean, that's just that's what it is. (laughs) I mean, it's part of my job. So you know, uh, and and a lot of people, it's funny. They'll be like, "Oh well, um, now she's gonna take it out of my." I don't care. You know, I'm over it the next day. And the people (laughs) send me texts. I'm so sorry, and I don't even respond back because once it happens, it's over. I'm over it. You know, you're not the only one. You're not the only one texting me. You're not the only. I'm over it. Like, just let it be. Move on to the next. Yeah. Hey, listen. I'm we have on that in side. common. My only regret is that I didn't have a camera there to to, to <laughs> document LW getting the boot for a week. I love it. Not, it's hilarious. It was not good. But. I, it's hilarious mm. only because we love LW. And, well, and, and he you also, know, it's his, I mean, he has a reputation for that for going way back. So <laughs> He's a modified driver. He's a modified yeah. driver. Modified <laughs> drivers are a rough bunch. <laughs> and now they're procreating and having, you know, these little modified babies. <laughs> <laughs> these modified babies you know like, yeah that's it's that's when it's really challenging uh, is that when you see your kids out there and you want to go you know square up against somebody but uh wow this true. has been fascinating i have enjoyed this so much um and you by the way you should be a consultant for companies forget racetracks <laughs> like i mean listen if you want to get things done it feels like you would be a great person just to be able to like here's how you here's how you run it here's yeah. how you run a business and and don't have a lot of this uh, gray area. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of gray area, uh-huh. but that's also, I understand now what you say, Kelly, this reputation at Millbridge is fairness. And mm-hmm. man, what else can you ask for? What else can you ask for? And anything that you do, you want to be treated fairly, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah. And, and when people come, they do get intimidated to pull in the racetrack and see the names that come there. But it only takes a couple of weeks for them to realize that they're just somebody else yeah. that's there. Mm. All right. That's good I, stuff. I know. I want to get my kids in racing now. <laughs> um, that, that's fascinating. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been awesome. Does Mason have a, um, so Jeremy and Ashley have a, um, how old's Mason now? Nine. Nine. Nine? Yeah. Um, does he have an interest in, I know he's there every day because you guys live there, but does he have an interest in doing stuff with the track or racing or? Definitely not racing. Yeah. He loves racing. He loves video game um, racing. <laughs> he'll, yeah, he's a really, really good on iRacing. Yeah. Um, and he will tell you about anything, you know, who's moving who in sprint cars and who, did you see that last night? No. Um, but, but as far as, stra- he's never strapped into a race car, wants nothing to do with it. Um, so whatever he decides. You're cool with that. Yeah. 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 Is Mobile John Ride racing, by the way? Uh, it's, we've scanned. Okay. Yes. <laughs> We're waiting. That'd be cool. We're waiting. I got the boot. What do you mean? How'd you get the boot? From, um. Oh, something else came up, yeah. didn't it? I remember. Forget which one, but yeah. Yeah. I got I'm gonna the boot. I'm going to see it him today. Spo- it was supposed to be this, this year, and I got the boot to next year, so. Yeah. 
no. Well, that's coming. <laughs> but they are anticipation. scanned. <laughs> anticipation. Not a bad thing, right? Anticipation. How can people actually, you know, if, if they want to go to Millbridge, I mean, hopefully that people are intrigued by what they've heard today. Um, how can they support your racetrack? Um, Dirt Vision. You can watch if you're not local. Um, you can, uh, millbridgespeedway.com will have our schedule um, to see if, you, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday events. Um, I'm really big on social media. So Twitter, Facebook, um, you can just type in Millbridge Speedway and see all of our, um, I pretty much post almost every day about what's coming up. Do you read the replies? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, it's been a ton of fun. Um, learning about Millbridge Speedway and the business of promoting a racetrack. So I appreciate you coming on, Ashley. Thank you so much. Man, I'm really excited to have Ally help us bring the guest segment every week. It's one of my favorite parts of the download. We get to talk to so many different people in racing, outside of racing. But everybody that comes in here, I want them to have had a good time. I want them to want to come back. I want them to feel like an ally to Dirty Mo Media. Thank you, Ally, for your continued support of the download and the entire Dirty Mo Media team. Check out Dirty Mo Media. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. Check out Dirty Mo Media.